Hello, and welcome back to Deja Vu, the show where we talk about our films and their lasting impacts. I'm your host, Therese Canirons, and today we're going to be talking about the 2018 film Hereditary. Written and directed by Ari Aster in his feature film debut, Hereditary is described by Aster as a family drama, but it has much crueler and scarier intentions than that. As always, there will be spoilers for the film as we continue. Today, I'm joined by my wonderful friend, Sananam Kung. Thank you for coming on the pod, Senna. Yeah, of yeah. course. Um, so this film was released under A24 Production Studios, a more art house and indie studio known for their horror films. How do you feel about A24's grasp on the horror scene in recent years? Honestly, um, as a TVDM student, I do geek out about A24 films. Mm. I think they do like an ac- absolutely incredible job, especially production design wise i think every single a24 film i like they have their own style to it and you can tell you can immediately tell that like yeah this is an a24 film Mm -hmm. when i first watched the film like i like i watched it for the first time in a while like this weekend for this podcast right but when i first watched it i didn't know what a24 was but i was just like this is a really cool movie so yeah like i think yeah, A24 definitely did a really good job with this. Yeah, um, I I think, like, A24's horror style has become so, like, I, I feel like it's become synonymous with, like, indie horror now because so much of the indie horror comes through this studio. Like, the, the real popular ones we've been seeing. Um, and I, I, I think it's nice that it has its own, like, you know, it's not like Blumhouse where, like, Blumhouse kind of just, like, it's just the production studio. It has mm-hmm. its own, like, feel, which I really appreciate. But it also, like, we're, we'll talk about it more when we talk about the movie. But Hereditary, I feel like, has its own style completely on top of the, like, A24 polish, I would say. Definitely, yeah. Um, when I was when we were pitching ideas for the podcast, um, you were very adamant about your episode being on Hereditary. So I want to know, like, what really draws you in about this one? And why is it, like, a favorite? Why do you keep coming back to it? So for me, I, like, before I watched Hereditary for the first time in high school, I heard that it was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know anything going, like, about the movie going into watching it. And I feel like if this is your first time watching Hereditary that is the way that you should watch it Mm -hmm. because even if you are explained like a lot of like the nuances of the movie it doesn't make sense until you like see it in front of you visually and another thing about it is that it's a psychological um horror film it's not just horror with jump scares it's psychological and i love like movies where like when the credits roll you're looking at the screen like what did I just watch? But, like, not in, like, a, ew, what did I just watch way. It's like, yeah. a, what did I just watch? I really need to think about it, and I really need to comb over my brain with it because that was a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it leaves you with, like, this, um, this terrible, like, <laughs> like, gross feeling in your mouth <laughs> yeah. at the end when they're all, like, they're, like, hail payment, and it just ends, and you're, like, oh, mm. Mm. Okay, I guess it's over. <laughs> when uh, they're all doing the ritual at the end of the treehouse. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. The last like 15 minutes of that movie is like the worst trip ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. Oh my god. Like, 
Oh, like because okay, because up to like the th- the very end of the third act, it's very like it's supernatural and it's psychological, but it's very like grounded in like mm-hmm. yeah, this is a horror movie. Yeah, there's like crazy supernatural happenings. But overall, like, they're people doing people things. And then, like, Tony Collette's on the ceiling, like, banging her head against the wall. And you're like, oh, oh, never mind. Never mind. Um, I feel like the reason why, I I also read a lot of articles about this before (laughs) today because I was just, like, really getting into it. I was thinking about it a lot. Right. Um, And I also feel like the reason why it feels a lot more grounded, it's because it's a very dysfunctional family. Yeah. It's dysfunctional. (laughs) But in ways that, like, you were like, oh, my God, this family is, like, really harmfully, like, dysfunctional. Like, there's so many, like, moving parts. And, like, honestly, I feel like the most underrated character in this movie is the dad. Yeah. Because when everything is, like, hitting the fan, the dad's just sitting there like, guys, let's get it together. And then no one just gets it together. I think, (laughs) like, oh, like, I feel like, like... Okay, this is, like, leading into what I was going to talk about next, so I'm just going to let it lead in. Uh, We were talking about how this is, like, considered a family drama. And, um, like, with even with the supernatural elements, like, like, I still think it holds true to that statement, like, throughout. And uh, how do you think this adds to, like, the terrifying elements of it and, like, the supernatural? I honestly think that, like... Hereditary does, like, the dysfunctional family in a very different way than a lot of horror films, I think, because it starts with the matriarchy, right? Right. Um, With um, the main character's family dealing with her mother's death. And I feel like since it starts in that way with already, like, death present, I feel like that definitely does set the tone of, like, how the family feels and a lot of, like, the trauma and, like, the emotional blocks that the family goes through. Oh, yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah. And, like, I feel like that's also, like, since that's already there, especially in the mother's mind, like, it's a huge Mm -hmm. trigger for all of the stressors that come through in the movie. Yeah, definitely. I'm always a sucker for, and uh, the listeners to the podcast know, especially if you listened last season, I'm a big sucker for um, movies where the main character has an interesting relationship with her mother. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And, like... This one is very much, like, the heart of this film is the relationship and the lack of relationship that the main character, Tony Collette's character, who I am forgetting the name of, has with her mom. Like, the it, it just completely revolves. That's why it opens on her funeral, and that's why it closes with, you know, some kind of, like, bastardized version of her funeral. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because they're all there again. Yeah. It's all the same people that were at her mother's funeral or in the end scene in the treehouse. But it's a different vibe. Yeah, it's a complete, like, spin from what we have originally saw. Um, and I, I just, it all ties in to the main theme of the thing that disrupts your family most, like the thing that is the most horrifying to the members of your family, your family unit, is the people in your family. Real. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and like, you cannot escape yourself. You can't escape your family. You can't escape the burden that your family will put on you, whether, they, whether they mean to or not. But um, 
Yeah, and I feel like especially that with um, the mother's character, she puts a lot of her internal conflict on her kids. Yeah. Which opens up so many different plot lines. Like, the son obviously is just, like, repeatedly self-medicating with weed, which is... Honestly, I feel like that's, like, a very, like, indie horror, like, A24, like, Very indie horror of Peter to be a big stoner. (laughs) Real. No, exactly. (laughs) And, like, I feel like, especially when the daughter dies, I don't remember all of, like, their first names exactly. Uh, I think the daughter's Charlie. Charlie, yeah. When Charlie dies. Yeah. Yeah. When Charlie dies, I feel like, especially, like, since she really didn't know how Charlie died because she was not present at the moment. Right, <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah. Um, I feel like she puts, like, a lot of that blame on herself and, like, gets a lot of that, like, self-doubt and self-blame and guilt from her mother that has really affected her children's own relationships with themselves yeah. and their parents, definitely. Yeah, and, and I think such an important element of the family horror is also... Um, the mother's work with like her art pieces mm-hmm. with the little dollhouses because we're talking about the style a little bit but the style of this film it's filmed like you're looking into a dollhouse at some points like you're Genius. watching it It kind of it also kind of reads like you're watching a staged production of, right. of like something you know what I mean mm-hmm. and um, it you're like peering in at her peering into her own life and creating art with it which is like, so meta and so fantastic, but also um, her weird relationship with her mother carries through her art and, like, into her kids. And, like, specifically, I always think about this movie, the statue, or not the statue, like, the little tiny figurine mm-hmm. that she makes of her mother breastfeeding yeah. Charlie. Wow. That... I think about it every day. <laughs> it's just, like... I re- No, I completely remember that shot because it's just, like... How, how, like, what is that psychological complex where you want your own child to be mothered by your own mother? Like, I feel like that's, like, a very weird concept. And, and it's so interesting that, like, like, with Peter, the whole time, her mother's like, oh, like, he, we need a boy, we need a boy. Peter is born. She doesn't draw to Peter. And then when Charlie is born oh, you're supposed to be a boy, oh, this, this, this. And you find out later it's because of the cult activities. But I think that also, like, plays into the whole thing with her mother, like, not being able to parent women. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think with the whole, um, you know, like, boy moms. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm going off on, like, a weird tangent. But, like, (laughs) you know, like... No, I completely get it. (laughs) Um, the grandma from Hereditary is a hashtag boy mom. Real. And I'm sick of it. And maybe the mom would, like, what I'm thinking is also the dollhouses. That's, like, society, like, in society, dollhouses and dolls and figurines like that play a very feminine role. Yeah. And, like, maybe she didn't get that from her mother growing up. She didn't have the, like, mothering Mm -hmm. because her mother was so invested in this, like, crazy white supremacist (laughs) cult. Which, um, I think it's really interesting that Ari Aster's, both of his films, like, they're both, like, because he calls, he calls, okay, I have to mention Midsommar. Yeah. I love Midsommar so much. It's in my top five movies. But in Midsommar, he calls that movie 
a breakup movie, mm-hmm. and this one he calls a family drama, but then they're both about white supremacist cults. And I think that's really uh, because what has he been through? What has he seen? I, I feel like <laughs> like someone has to check on this man and make sure he, his family isn't a part of a white supremacist cult. Yeah, because like, what does he know? What got his creative juices flowing for these? And also, like, the, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for the new movie that he's making that's coming out, Bo with Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, I've seen. Or it. Bo is afraid. I think. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, I've seen yeah. the trailer. That movie also looks like it's gonna be about a weird. Very white supremacist cult. Yeah. That like Nathan Lane is there. I'm like, <laughs> why? Uh, but um, what would you say? Getting back on topic, because <laughs> what I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Uh, what was a scene from the film that like is your either your favorite or one that you found like particularly fascinating? Like your favorite scene or shot in the film? I would say since I I do have my more dark side, and this touch this movie definitely touches into it. Mm. I feel like my two most favorite scenes, or like the ones that I think about the most, revolve around right. Charlie. Yeah. Um, and obviously, my the scene that I, that comes to mind the fastest is when Charlie gets decapitated. Yeah, <laughs> which was crazy the first time you watch it. Exactly. Oh my god! There's I've watched this film with a bunch of like people for the first like it's their first time, but I've seen it. Um, and every single time I the watch gasp. it with someone, they the gasps. They're always like, "Wait, she's dead." Wait, she's the main character. Yeah. Because the like the first fifteen minutes of the movie, you think that she's like either like a weird antagonist or like you don't really know what's up with her, and then, and then she's she just gets dead. To get, gets to she's just dead. She's fighting for her life because she ate that brownie. She's fighting for her she's life. She's fighting for her. And damn Peter's life. driving like a maniac. Obviously, wasn't paying attention. Man is high, driving like a maniac. His sister gets decapitated. Like, but the way oh. that she gets get decapitated is probably the most interesting because if you haven't watched the movie her head hits a telephone pole while her brother is driving very fast and yeah you you'll put two and two together oh, but coming off of that brutal. my favorite scene is probably the scene where um the mom finds charlie's body in the car yeah. because peter didn't know what to do with it and it's all audio it's, it's you don't see anything oh, oh it's so good it's so good like I, like, when I watched it again, it's just, like, the way that, like, you don't see any, like, a lot on the screen. You see Peter in his bed, and he knows what's happening. Like, and mm-hmm. the audience knows what's happening, too. Yeah. But, like, I rem- like the scream that she lets out yeah. is, like, etched into your brain for, like, the rest of the movie. And, and it's so good. I love how the scream continues into the funeral. Yeah. Like, it's just a seamless transition into them lowering her body into the ground. Like, that is truly, like, that was one of the biggest shocks I've ever seen in, mm-hmm. like, because it's also, it's the first act, sorry, I'm getting screenwriter, but it's the <laughs> no, first. No, <really>. me too. <laughs> oh, sh- wait, I just unplugged my headphones. Oh, God. Oh, I'm, uh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, it, it's the act one, it's the ad, end of act one, it's the act one, like, reversal that switches you into the second act, like, the big change. And uh, it happens, like, a little bit later in, like, the timeline than it would usually. So you're thinking that, like, the big reversal is going to be, like, you know, something having to do 
with Peter because he's going to this party, but then he has to bring her. And that's like, oh, just the way it's done feels so natural. You're not expecting anything weird to happen or bad. But it makes, like, the gross feeling so much grosser. And then when you find out that the pole has the markings in it. Oh, my God. So it was all (laughs) planned out from the beginning. Crazy. But also, it, it makes me think, I'm like, how how does this cult do what they do? Like no, how do exactly. they contr- how do they do that? How do they do that? And can we talk about like the shot where like the the treehouse that has all like the satanic stuff going on it yeah. is literally right like you could see it in the window right in front of the kitchen sink. Yeah. It's right there. Everything is right there. Yeah. And like that's another thing I really like about it because it's like they don't just focus in on, like, one, like, interior setting or, like, one exterior setting. Right. It's, like, they choose very little of it, but they make the most out of it, which is so good. Like, and, like, imagine just, like, doing your dishes and, like, you look up and there's, like, your mom's doing a satanic ritual in your treehouse. Yeah, like, oh, Ugh. Like, everything everything is so visible in this. Mm-hmm. Like, you can... They can see everything that's going on. Their house floor plan is, like, pretty open. Yeah. They have that big backyard. Like, Charlie's able to see her grandma's body just, like, chilling yeah. all the way far away, but no one else sees it. I think... And I think that ties back into just the family drama of it all. Like, you don't want to see what the crazy things that go on in your family like you want to tune them out and i think everyone is so oblivious to both oh annie annie is her name that's <laughs> that's the mom's name is annie oh my god bothering me no everyone is blind to annie's struggle with her mom and like annie's internal struggle with like losing her daughter and like really wanting to connect with her on the other side that like they they, like, succumb to it in a weird yeah. way. Since they're not willing to acknowledge that grief and that pain, they have to, like, they have to perish at it. No, like, basically the moral of hereditary is don't 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 push down your feelings or else some really yeah. weird stuff is going to happen. Uh, otherwise, you might uh, set your husband on fire. And kill your little sister. That's the one thing I never got. I was like... Why Why does the husband... Like, I know the husband gets set on fire because, like, the journal energy gets yeah. transferred to him. I know that. But every time I watch it, I'm still like, I feel why like, is he on fire? No, like, it's they such needed a to kill him. casualty. Like, I get, <laughs> I get, like, you needed to do what you needed to do with that character. But, like, yeah, he was just trying to, like, settle everyone down and just, like, be a mediator. But, no, he just got set on fire. He Yeah, he <laughs> was really trying his best... Um, Rip the dad from Hereditary. I forget your name also. But you were a real one. But you were a real one. You contributed a lot. I always think about the deleted scene, which this is niche. I don't know if uh, the listeners have seen this, but the deleted scene where Peter is like, he's like, I'm such a bad person. I'm a bad person, dad. I'm a bad person. And the dad's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're not. Don't say that. Don't say that. I think about that scene. That scene lives in my head rent-free. It wasn't even (laughs) in the movie. It got cut from the movie. I think it's in the extended version. If you, like, buy the extended version through A24. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. That's my favorite scene. It's not in the movie. Honestly, (laughs) that's not in the movie. I love about A24, like, horror films and horror thriller films. Because, like, we learned that, like, the cheapest movies to make are horror films. Yeah. And, like... Which is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy because it looks really intricate. But the thing is, 
like hereditary like especially with like the acting too i'm getting like oh. really into it it's just like juicy it's so good oh. and like tony collette the fact that she was not nominated for an Oscar for this movie yeah. literally baffles me to this day. Yeah. To this day. Like, she really just, like, went deep into herself and she just, did. like, grabbed it and was like, yep, uh, I'm going to say this. Yeah, and, like, the monologue where she's at the table. Yeah. The, Are you kidding me? Match. She should have, she should have, not, not, she didn't, she didn't even get nominated, but she should have won from that yeah. scene yeah. alone. Like, no. Are you kidding me? Director such take five, but she heard change lives. She heard change lives. <laughs> and she changed mine. <laughs> oh my God. So um, uh, my favorite thing to do on this pod is to ask you to drop your letterboxed and then what you rated the film out of five. Do you not have a letterbox account? No. What? Senna, you're literally a parky and you don't have, you don't have a letterboxed account? I am always out of the loop, so no. Oh, I will. I will. Well, I'm gonna that. plug Letterbox for free. I guess it's like an app <laughs> where you like rate and review movies. Um, if you want to follow mine, mine is just Therese Kinirons uh, on Letterbox. Follow me. But what would you rate the film out of five, nonetheless? Out of five, I would say solid four point two five. Hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. 4.25. I respect that. Like, I absolutely love this movie. I, like, I was going to watch it to, like, review it in the middle of the night when I couldn't sleep. (laughs) And I was like, as much as I love this movie, I probably, it's not the best choice to fall asleep for for the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah, I'd start crying, I think. I don't want (laughs) to suddenly wake up in the middle of the night to a cult ritual happening. Literally. Yeah. Oh, God. But yeah, a solid four point five, a four point two five out of five. Mm, I think I would, I think I would also give it a four point two five. I feel like because like, <laughs> when people ask me to rate things out of five, I'm like five is just a, like such a small number. Like you need to be more exact. True. With it. And like a four doesn't justify the movie, but I feel like a four point two five does definitely. Yeah, I think I gave it a four and a half because you can't do point two five and point mm. seven five. Wish you could. Yeah, it would be you more exact. Be you should be able to. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks again for coming on the show, yeah, of Senna. Of course, this was so fun. I'm so glad you were here. I love geeking out on movies. Yes, and uh, this is the Geek Out on Movies podcast certified. <laughs> so uh, thanks again for listening. Look out on the next episode where we'll be talking about the 1968 classic horror film, The Night of the Living Dead, only here on Deja Vu. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Check out theithigan.org for more interesting and creative content. You can listen to any of the Ithigan podcasts wherever you get your podcasts or check us out on theithigan.org.